Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hey guys, uh, this is Property Strat. As you can see, we have another guest today with us, but just to introduce you to us, my name's Kenny. My name's Akin. Gokes. And today we've got our guest with us, our special guest. Did you want to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Tej from the Tej Talks podcast. It's very nice to meet you and we're very happy to have you here with us today. Um, so I guess um, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on board is that we saw some of your content. We love your content. Akin saw it and he actually told us about it. And we love Thank the you. content and we just thought there's a lot of people that are interested that always ask us um, some of these questions and they don't know that a lot of other people are out there that are young, you know, like yourself, that are also doing these things and possibly on a much larger scale too. So we thought, you know what, it's good to sort of connect ourselves with them, connect everyone and our audience to them as well. And just to hear about how you got started and what you do. So without further ado, we start with the first question. So how are you coping during Corona? Like, how has it been? Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I think for... For people who are on the video, this is not my normal hair. Like they kind of throw this lot. <laughs> you know, I'm like ten grades less than this. So the first thing is, um, I'm kind of keeping it natural. Uh, I think you know I what? Yeah, thank you. I think like <laughs> you know what? I'm self-employed. I've been self-employed for four, maybe five years. So working mm. from home, kind of not leaving the house, and that's a bad habit it's kind of natural to me. I mean, I go to networking events maybe once a week. Mm. I go to my investment area once a month. I mean, you know, generally speaking, I don't really, leave. I mean, gym is the main thing I miss. And that is like proper routine, proper habit every day, pretty much, you know, every week. So I'm not necessarily struggling. Like if, if I was employed and I had a nine to five for years and years, I would be, I don't know how people are cut. Like it's, it's, it's difficult. It's stressful. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm kind of okay. And I think, you know, the, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think which aspect am I struggling with? And it's pretty much the gym is, I do enjoy shopping like for food. Like I love grocery shopping as weird as it is. I love cooking. So you I kind of miss it by that. <laughs> I, well, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't actually been to like Tesco's or somewhere in, well, I haven't been at all. Basically, my family have gone, and I'm like, cool, you lot carry on. Like, you lot do your thing. So I'm just staying at home. So, yeah, uh, coping okay as a person, I think. Uh, Mm. You know, nothing to complain about. I'm grateful for my house and for my my heating. And, you know what I mean? So, yeah, nothing nothing to report, really. Do you you feel like, um, like, um, seeing as you're self-employed, do you still have, like, a routine? Like, you get up at a certain time, or is it, I get up when I like when I like, like, how is I think, it? You? <laughs> you know, what, I think it's a good. You have to get up at five and blah blah. Like, is that? Uh, Gox, Gox loves that man. Gox loves to get yeah. people up at five. So I don't know what that. I don't know what that, mate. I don't know what that. Um, you know what? I nah. I'm very much about like, and if five a.m. works for you, that's totally cool. I'm just about do what works for you. So, mm. like. I can get up at 5am if I'm having an early flight, you know, if I'm really excited for something, yeah, I'll get up anytime. But 
I can't do it. My body's too cold. Everything just doesn't work. Like, I just, I can't. And I don't really want to. Like, I think for me, <laughs> like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, right, bro. Yeah, it's like, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'm a bit more of a night owl. Like, I work better, you know, sort of now. Like, compare me 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Like, I'm still not, gro- I'm not rude. I'm like some people who wake up and they're just like rude. And they're just like, you can't be around them. I'm not like that mm. at all. Like, mm. but for me, night, the night is when I get the most stuff done. So, I do have a routine. I do have like, well, when it wasn't coronavirus, I probably got up at 6.45, 7, probably 7 most days. Now, um, actually, to be honest, now it varies. To This morning, I got up at 7 because I had to have beef with my builder and it had to happen at that time. So um, <laughs> I got up early to beef him in bed and then kind of was like, eh. Um, but like, like for example, Mondays, yeah, most people are like, oh, Mondays, I'm going to be a shark. I'm getting up at 9 a.m. I'm biting everyone. I'm just going to go ham. Yeah. But I, Mondays at 10, p.m., 10 a.m., you'll catch me eating porridge and dancing, like literally. And then I'm like, <laughs> should we work now? I'm like, yeah, let's start. But then mm. at 11 p.m. on Monday, you'll still catch me at my desk. So for me, my okay. routine is yeah, yeah. what works for me, really. Yeah, definitely. We understand that. Like, I think with us, um, like with me anyway, because I do night shifts, um, so I, I don't work every day, but because I do night shifts, I've never really had like a routine. So it just, it's just what works for me. Like, but I did find that I work best at night. I'm not sure why. Mm. It's, it's just cause I know there won't be any tenants calling me. Um, I'm normally up anyway, cause I'm catching up on TV shows and just things like that, where there's no, there's no one to just disturb me. It's quiet and I can just get it all done. And then in, in the morning I, I can just get ready to go basically then about the other guys what's yeah. your routine like yeah, i mean mine mine's quite similar as well i probably on the flip side i think i work best in the morning like, i like to try and wake up as early as possible when i used to go gym i would go gym but obviously now that's not happening um but during this corona i think it's just everything's just flopped it's flipped yeah. a little bit i think because i'm sleeping later so i'm waking up later so it's like it just depends how i feel right now do you know what i mean so yeah. that's how I'm, yeah. So. I mean, mine's probably similar to, to Ted in the sense I just kind of just flow. I'm very flexible in my, my day-to-day, so I sort of, I tend to sort of um, start working effectively from like 10, 11, then I kind of go for a nap for around like 3, 4, and then I come back in the evening strong, so I go to bed late, like maybe like 1, mm. banging out work, yeah. So it's just sort of like, I, I have a, a good start and then I dip and then I come back, yeah. yeah. On, cool. on, on the COVID topic though, um, before we move on to the next question, how has it been for you though? In regards to, have you been affected? Regarding to, you know, tenants paying, tenants not paying, business stopping, purchases falling through and stuff like that. How has it been for you? So the two purchases I had sort of pre-lockdown or kind of just before were auction purchases. So they couldn't really fall through. Both were delayed. One by two or three days, the bridge had changed their LTV the week before. And the other one, the seller wasn't ready. I've never had an auction purchase where the seller's not, I was like, what? I'm ready in the pandemic. What's going on? So that was quite interesting um, to to have that. Those were fine. Uh, you know, we're struggling to get plaster, multi finish, and board finish plaster. It's uh, gypsum are not making it at the moment. Or well, they maybe when this goes out, I don't know. But they're not at the time of recording. So, and you know, a few builders, merchants are closed and whatnot. But I've managed to get all materials I need for refurbs. It has been slower because some um, of the the builders lads won't work because well. 
not out of their own choice, but because their family have said, you ain't leaving the house. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. Um, but in terms of rent, no. For the past two months, paid in full. I mean, one of two of them paid it sort of on a Friday and a Monday because of some bank account issue. But there was no, not, and one paid it a few days oh. late because she had to apply for some help from the government. You know. So really, it was... It, <laughs> nothing worth talking about you know it was all paid and even my service accommodation i've actually secured not me my management company has secured the highest booking payout already paid non-refundable um in the month of what month are we in now may, may. in may. may so i mean it's gone wow. it's gone better than ever okay. which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. i'm not used to this i don't know how to react should i be happy yeah. should i i don't know i, just, <laughs> I, just, I don't know what to no, do but it's so good because like it's even good that Goku asked you that question because I actually had that in mind as well because, you know, so many things have been affected, even things like the whole, you know, workers. So builders, are they still working? Are they not? Because I had um, mm. one, of the, one of the boilers in one of the properties um, was there was a bit of a leak on there. And then I had to actually source, I had to find someone who would be willing to work and actually work on it. And then even him, he had to tell me, okay, but are there's, um, have the tenants been cleared of corona? Have they had any symptoms? Are they going to be wearing PPE? Do they know to keep two meters away from me at all times? So there's just a lot of things that you need to now consider, even in terms of viewings. I, I know, um, well, right now they've allowed viewings again, haven't they? I was yeah. talking to Akin In England, it, yeah, yes, yesterday, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 so, do viewings again. yeah so, but before that, we had, um, Akin said that he had made sure that he had video recordings of every property so that you know when people are ready they can actually see what it looks like without viewing so a lot of things have changed but it's good that you still sort of had things in place and you you know you were able to get your um, materials and then um just to kick off with the next question and so a lot of people like i said don't know who you are so maybe like um who are you what's your background how how did you get started in you know property as a whole like Sure. So I started in property, uh, I think, oh, maybe like a, a year and a half, well, a year and a half ago, I started. So I was educating, networking, reading, you know, doing things like this with people, just, just trying to get as much knowledge as I could. And I, I thought I was doing property, you know, I did like one viewing a month and I was like, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll secure a property. Not, you know, never going to happen if you're doing the, like the BRR strategy. So I started then in property. Before that, I had a recruitment business for three and a half years, did a bit of contracting with that. Did not enjoy it, but made good money. And to be honest, it really made me the resilient person I am today and the ability to just deal with constant shit and just be like, cool, what's next? You know what I mean? Like, that's why I don't know how to react when things go right. Because I'm like, well, this is very weird because I've had three and a half years of dealing with rejection, people hanging out, people hating you. I'm a recruit. Oh, now nah, piss off, done conversation over right like and you're like wait you don't even know me well i'm really nice you know so um i kind of did that and i I mean before that i studied biochemistry at university i was going to be a scientist oh isn't that interesting yeah i I might be one of them yeah (laughs) i was i was gonna do it but i couldn't like i couldn't pipette all day i couldn't like not be with people And, and to be honest every lab class i had i was taking chemicals home to to, to like do stuff with him not not not, <laughs> oh, not wow, drugs really I was... <laughs> 
I wasn't I wasn't consuming them, but like I would take magnesium home and like light it because it makes a bright white light. You know what I'm saying? So I would. I, I was, Are you allowed to say this? <laughs> we'll cut this bit out. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, they can they can come after me if they want, but they you know what I'm saying I, I'll just I, this is not me. There's no proof. I don't have hair like this. This yeah, ain't me. What? Like proof. <laughs> this ain't me. I got better skin than this. Um, so yeah, like I, I was just a crazy scientist kind of thing, and I was like, nah, you know what? The only fun thing about this lab is like nothing. So fast forward, kind of like a job getting fired, starting a recruitment business, getting into property like a year and a half ago, ago I probably spent, oh, I don't know, maybe six months plus still working in my business, but then doing all that stuff I said before, learning, networking, building my brand, building my podcast. Yeah. Then nine months ago, I got into property full time. I said, you know what? Recruitment business really to the side. Um, I'm focusing on property let's make this happen. And that made a big difference. Like that really turned on the tap of like, wow, I have so much time, which feels like I have no time, but I can dedicate so much headspace and time and cost and being to this pursuit. Mm. It, it, it grew pretty quickly. So I purchased 15 properties in the, in the nine months. <clears throat> the portfolio has gone from 15 properties. Can we, you can't just say that. <laughs> yeah. You can't just skim over that, bro. <laughs> you can't just skim over. We have to pause. <laughs> yeah, 15 yeah. properties in nine months. Fifteen wow, properties in nine amazing. months. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. It's um, I've I've paid for it in stress and, um, aging mm. early and mistakes <laughs> and costs yeah. and challenges, which which we'll get into. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the portfolio has grown from zero to one point three million in these in these fifteen in the nine months. Yeah. And actually, you know, give or take, I've reached sort of financial freedom. You know, way more than the average mm. UK salary. And I've done the slowest strategy, which is buy to let single, single let, family lets. Oh, really? Yeah. So no is HMOs. That, is, is that your main strategy then? It's just mainly just buy to let. It's, it's my, I mean, I have, I have one essay, but it's a buy two essay. Yeah. But yeah, oh, yeah. Single let, family, vanilla, boring, safe, aka passive Ooh, is my strategy. So it's, it's, it's happened quick enough. I've got a few flips within that portfolio as well that are going to be sold and then more will come in. Yeah. Um, and I've raised six hundred thousand pounds, or five hundred ninety-eight thousand pounds to be specific, in probably the last four or five months, mainly from no, actually, pretty much from social media and from my brand, um, and, and yeah. putting myself out there, like like you all do as well. Yeah. Would you would you say would you say that was the defining enormous reason for this this enormous growth so quickly? Was it the brand? Would you say would you would you put it down to the brand or the podcast I mean, specifically? Yeah, I would say, I mean, 100% is the brand. But I think within that is, you know, to put it simply is not being a dickhead, right? Like mm. you can have a good brand, but you can bankrupt people. You can be a shit property trainer, which we all know the names we're all thinking about. Yeah, we all know these people in the industry. Let's not go there. I'm not trying to get sued by my university and these people as well. Um, yeah. mm. So like, it's easy to have a brand and, be unethical but i think what my sort of success was being ethical showing mm. every single thing that went wrong mm. but also then inspiring and educating people so without a doubt my brand and it took a while it didn't just take you know it took a year to build it yeah allowed me to raise money and still raise money even in covid you know not easily but a lot easier than if i was just hi i'm ted um yeah you know yeah, yeah like and definitely what you've just said um I feel like a lot of listeners will need to hear this because 
integrity is something that you mentioned basically when you've got a brand like having that it's not always and just being open it isn't always just about putting yourself out there in the best light sometimes for people to trust you they want to see the good and the bad you know and you need to be open to show that and something else you said is that if you're focused i mean you can do something in such a short amount of time like nine you know in nine months you know you basically became financially free and on top of that you know you were able to raise half a mil or close to in such a short amount of time which is really good stuff that's really good stuff so it's very, it's very interesting. I mean, what you what you said is very interesting because I think we've basically taken the same approach. I mean, we could have. Yeah. I remember when we first started, we could we said we spoke about it and we said, you know, we could probably go in the next ten years, you know, really do well in this property in this property game, and you know, get financial freedom, get loads of properties, build wealth, but no one would see it and no one would be inspired. So mm. the, the the plan was to document our journey to get into that place and then sort of on that way help other people that are just behind us to to go with us. Mm-hmm. So. I think that that is. I think when I, when I look at in terms of growing a brand in 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 twenty twenty this day and age, I think that is the best way you can go about it. Because in your twenties, it's hard for you to speak about certain things and, and look like you're you know an expert in everything. But it's good to just be open, honest. Say, look, we're on our way. We know these specific strategies and working with these expert experts in these other areas. And then everyone in our group, for example, has different expertise in different areas. We all come together. So mm. it's it's good to see that you know how you're using that. Did you? Did you use this as well in your own community as well? Because we actually use, um, well, we speak to a lot of our audience are from the black community. They're, mm. they're, mixed, they're mixed as well. They're young, they're Asian, they're whites as well. Do you feel like a lot of people come to you because you are that face for them, for example? Um, before I answer though, shout out to you for what you're doing because when I set up TED Talks, it was literally the reason was like, hold on, I can't, I, I want to learn from people who are like me, like yeah. you, and who are doing it right now, like us, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see a place to get that. And that's kind of why I started. So I'm, I'm glad to see that like we're on the same page and like you are helping yeah. those people who are behind you because you know, one step, 10 step behind you, you, there's always something we know and something we don't know. Um, mm. But to answer your question, um, you know what? I, I'm trying to think, I'm just trying to think if I look at my DMS, what yeah. is the demographic like? Yeah. And yeah that's the best way to look yeah at you know what i mean because it's it's like who <laughs> yeah. um, i mean yours looks pretty mixed so what i've seen it seems like everyone just like us it seems like everyone's mm. sort of gravitating towards you which is I good think, to see i think it is a it is a mix and yeah i i think you know what though there's this syndrome called what is it it's like it's like the crab syndrome or something which apparently indians are known for which is like if a crab is leaving like a pot to well to get us to escape being boiled or whatever yeah, yeah. sorry vegans um like <laughs> all the other crabs will pull it back it's just like a yeah, yeah, yeah. it happens in nature and so apparently in indian like culture that's a common thing like you know and I, with my family and the kind of friends i have who are indian they're not like that at all mm. but there could be people who aren't speaking to me who are indian as well who because i'm because i am indian you know they could not oh, be speaking to me yeah, yeah. because of the crab thing because it's like oh you know so there's a bit of ego and there's a bit of like yeah, crap yeah. in the community, but I don't feel yeah. it because I hopefully yeah. I give off a vibe that says, don't talk to me if you're like that, you know, hopefully yeah, I take yeah, that exactly. off. So yeah. yeah, I'd say it's a mix, you know, I haven't noticed anything specific and I probably would if, if it was mm. a theme. Yeah. And I think yeah, I, and, I, and, I, sorry, Karen, 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 Karen. Yeah, I was, I was just saying, and actually, if you look at it in a different light, a lot of the people that come to us um, are young because that's, yeah. You know, they can relate to us in terms of being young, you know, because like Ted said, 
And, you know, one of our aims in even doing this is that we didn't have people to really look up to. Like, the, the gap was so huge. Mm. You know, there are people, you know, who we won't mention who are doing huge things and always bragging about it, saying, you can do it too. But there was no one like a stepping stone. There was no stepping stone. All right, but how mm. do I get to that stage where I can even start thinking like that, you know? So we wanted to sort of, so we had to learn the hard way, but then we had a lot of people who sort of used to ask us questions and they were all young people and they only came to us because they saw us as young as well and they were people that and they saw us as people that they could sort of relate to so from that you know they saw us as okay you know maybe we can get some advice from them and it was just like we were just trying to bridge the gap and sort of document our journey in doing that you know mm, and, yeah. and you know we can see that you're definitely doing that too like you can appeal to a lot of people you definitely appeal to us and you know we're just happy that there are people in the community that are doing that. Hundred percent, man. It needs to be done. So yeah, you said it. No, for real. Yeah. I think Alyssa was probably thinking. Obviously, you mentioned about the zero to fifteen. People are probably thinking, but how did you get there? Like, what was the step? Yeah, we were gonna go there. <laughs> go on. I think on this show, we, we we try to just show us the timeline or how you went from mm-hmm. that. To- sure. So uh, I've actually charted this so I can see it, and it was probably about. I mean, the average of properties I bought per month, it's changed, but like it was probably two a month because if we say December, I did buy a property in December, but a lot of that was Christmas. If we say the first month, a lot of that was probably not much. Second month, probably not much. So I probably did buy two or three properties a month. I mean, right now I've got one, two, three, four, three or I've got four in refurb, one just finished, a week and a half delayed. Um, well, actually, three months delayed, but a week and a half on top of the three months delay. Uh, mm-hmm. So nothing really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then before, I probably had like five refurbs at the same time. So uh, when it comes, I'm not very good at timelines or chronology, but I would say the first few two months were kind of hustling. They're all hustling, but hustling, no results, hustling, no results, mm-hmm. failing, failing, failing. And then it sort of, got the second one got the third got the f- and then it just sort of snowballed and then more properties was more finance more finance meant more properties and it just was a yeah. circle of, of life oh, and it was just great and you know i think there's a saying isn't there like you you overestimate how much you can do in a year but you underestimate how much you could do in like five years and for me it was like yeah i thought oh first few months would be great but actually it took all these months to kind of get to this point so mm. in terms of timeline it was it's never like get one refurb it get one refurb it it's like oh get four okay two complete refurb it oh then one complete oh then one takes three months to do legals and it's mm, one of these things yeah where it's all over the shop and i don't have a solid answer because it's never really been solid i don't think it will be solid for anyone even taking it all the way back right so obviously this is this is you tedge obviously <laughs> what you was doing beforehand you've been learning about property now the first deal, even talk to me about the first deal. How did you even get that? How did you fund that? Was your savings? Was it like, how did that work for you? For someone that, you know, wants to start? Yeah. Sure. So the first deal I looked at actually was on four. Um, it was like 18,000 pounds to purchase it. It's obviously out of London. Oh, now, yeah. um, we viewed it. I got a sur- surveyor to do. It. I don't use surveyors anymore. Um, and he basically said, heavy subsidence, blah, 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 needs underpinning. Little did I know, like if I had that deal right now in front of me, I would have bought it or I would have gone back and said, look, I'll give you 14 for it, right? Or something like that. But anyways, that deal fell through, but now I actually understand this area is better. Subsidence is very common and actually all the houses I buy are a bit wonky and 
it's just life and it's just funny is what it is i didn't know that at the time and this was through a deal sourcer um which i'm not a big fan of but that's a whole different podcast we talked for down ages um so uh, you know pulled out of that one then i said to him look you know i'm still looking for deals so let me know what the deal is and then i think two or three months um and then i think maybe it was a month later i think he came back and said look i've got a deal here we go it was um it was listed on the market at 69 mm, i want to say 69000 mm. and it was worth you know according to my research 80000 at the end of it so okay i mean it was it wasn't in bad condition but you know what so, i'm surprised it didn't get bought at that it was just mold around the door and it was tidy brand new paint you know it it was just it's one of those things some properties just stay there and you're like why are they not selling mm -hmm. so uh he secured it at fifty thousand pounds so a nice discount but probably a fair sort of price at least for the kind of deal in, in the brr model so uh bought it for 50 uh spent six and a half on it mm -hmm. which was too much i now know and now if i bought that house again it'd be like three grand but the saucer was crap and the project manager and the builder everything was crap but yeah. tidy house great tenant really lovely tenant funnily enough she used to live near where i live and then she moved to this area so i was like wow small world yeah. um so i was gonna buy it using my own money for my recruitment business so i think the deposit was seventeen thousand two hundred fifty. Maybe I'm making that number up. I think it might have been that exactly mm. a 25% deposit. I was going to yeah. bridge it, but I had a terrible broker then who was giving it this and just, he flocked it. <laughs> In the bridging company had beef, but now we're best friends and I use them so much. So bad start, but great continuation. And then, you know what? It was like, we we're meant to complete. I've been stringing the vendor along, you know, and I was like, Fuck, man, this is just, what am I supposed to do? The bridge is going to take ages. So I said to a family member, I said, look, You've known me my whole life. I think, you know, you trust me, I hope. You know, you live in your house, thanks. Um, and she was like, yeah, definitely. And I was like, look, I need a bit of money. It's a loan. I'm going to pay you back. You know, whatever interest rate, what are you getting in your bank? Like 0.1, it's a joke. You know, send me the funds. So we had a loan agreement. Basically, she funded, I think, uh, probably, yeah, 75%, maybe a little bit more of that deal. Uh, bought that cash, unencumbered, no mortgage, nothing done and then six months later we got it revalued at 80 um we were all in for 63 nice. yeah i know right good um mm. all in for 63 750 because six on the refurb there's a certain project management fee sourcing cost stamp duty blah 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 mm. and of course the 80k remortgage gave us back 60 grand so it leaves in three thousand seven hundred fifty pounds if my math is correct mm. and it it rents out at 525 a month which is quite high and it net cash high. flows yeah. it, it's surprisingly yeah. high it's not it's not beautiful you know like interior it's nice it's it's clean it's tidy but it's not it's not my yeah. usual level is it the location and, then is the location that does it then it, brrr, this is a bit of a shithole it really <laughs> is um, <laughs> like, i'll be honest you weren't expecting that were you um, <laughs> you know what it, you know what it's actually okay so there's one towel with one town which is like total crap hole the yeah. high street is literally full of drug dealers and drug takers rough mm. as hell right mm. this this little village i guess is the even shitter part of the already shit place wow so it, <laughs> but so, so how? I, I, 
I, and it's on the main road, but you know what? It, it's tough. You know, it, it's not. There must unsafe. be something about it. There must be yeah, something about it. I think you know what? It was the nicest house in the area, which says a lot about mm. the competition. So, mm. yeah, and the tenant's great. She's lovely. You know, it probably nets probably something like I self managed so probably three forty a month, mm-hmm. um, and I've had no problems, and maintenance has been minimal, and. Yeah, it was a bit of a first deal that nearly went wrong, but luckily, family, as they often do, saved saved me. And you know what? This, this is some. Go on, Akim. Go on. No, sorry, just quickly. I just wanted to know. Obviously, is it? I know. Obviously, you said you got how many on the portfolio? It's fifteen. Fifteen at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, is it mainly through you know personal way you're you, you know you're buying it? I mean, you're sorry, you're purchasing. Or is it for a company as well that you're doing it as? All limited company because all, it's all much limited easier. company. Okay. Yeah, much easier to withdraw cash from it. Be more tax efficient. And keep to keep your personal finances cut from your business. But I have one, I have a few, but I have a limited company for flips, for selling, and a limited company for holding. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I was just gonna say that it's it's so funny that you mentioned that you got it from your family first of all, because we tell people, you know, raise um, ways to raise funds. And then we told them, you know, ask your family. Like <laughs> that's the first thing. It's yeah. it's always that that awkward combo. Like, hey, how are you doing? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Uh, so you know, can you lend me some money? You know, <laughs> it's always quite funny, but yeah. and awkward. But I mean, they should be the first point of contact. Like, if you're yeah. able to, then it's the easiest yeah. way because you know you don't feel that that pressure. They sort of know what's going on as well, and you know they're the first point of contact. Yeah. So yeah, but. I do know that um, you mentioned bridging loans as well. Um, so you use them now, did you say? Yeah, I use them regularly. It's a great way to yeah. make one cash pot become four cash pots. Yeah, and um, so, because I don't know about yours, but ones that I've spoken to in, in the past, like they're able to release funds to you on, on projects literally within a couple hours. Sometimes it might take 24 hours depending on the property size. Is that the same with you? Do they... Are they able to sort of fund projects relatively quickly as well? Or? I think I think relatively quickly. Well, I don't get I don't use them for refurb funding, but I know some can do it. Like you said, twenty four hours. Main for oh, yeah. purchases, the quickest I've they've done, which is quicker than I needed, was seven days. Um, and that for me, I was like, that's as good as it you know can be. That but now I've done good. yeah yeah now I've done I don't know six with them and I've paid back like half of them already in full with no problems. Okay. We're good we're even better friends now. So I know if I needed it even quicker, they would pull out the stops and then make it like I know our relationship is strong, which means that mm. you know everything else becomes stronger. So yeah. you know yeah. a lot of people think it's yeah. super expensive and I mean well I guess it is, but you know, compared to a mortgage. But yeah. when, oh, yeah, when you f- factor it in, it's just a cost of business, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to jump in and just say, what would you say from your perspective and based on your experience? Because there's so much negativity with you know bridging finance and stuff like people don't like it because they say it's expensive. Like you said, what would you say are the pros and cons, and what what has your experience been with them? Good question. Uh, cons. It is, you know, expensive, let's say, compared to a mortgage. Uh, they can sometimes ask for lots of documents and be really annoying, but uh, re- rarely. <laughs> it's more like mortgages who ask for that. Uh, cons, you know, there are fees. And if you're not, if you're using like a private bridger, aka some rich woman who's got loads of money and just is bridging it, you're going to pay a lot in fees, especially legal fees. If you don't know how to negotiate and you don't know which fees can be waived and saved, you're going to get rinsed, basically. So, you know, but that, that is also a pro if you know which ones to avoid. Uh, cons, 
mm, I mean, if you go past the loan term, which I, I do 12 months to be safe, you will pay like a 5% default and then not default, but um, fee and stuff. Yeah. So if you mess up or if the deal messes up, you know, you're going to get further rinsed, but you know it from day one and you can always rebridge with someone else. So, oh, I mean, of course, actually, no cons I have to say, and this is not legal advice. They can repossess your house. They can take your computer. They can take your laptop. They can take your clothes. <laughs> they can take the house you've given it on. Your mom's house. Good, dis- good disclaimer, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so they can take. <laughs> yeah, I know. They were, listen, this is worth a few. You know what I'm see saying? One, take... See one guy on the road with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see my bridger, like, what are you wearing? Man? When I'm there with nothing, sit on the street. But they, they can, you know, they can make you homeless. You will sign a personal guarantee. Um, you will sign an ILA to say, I understand that you can make me home. You know, you're, you're stuffed. So you have to know the risk you're taking. Yeah. I mean, look, the first choice is to take the house, you know, the repossession to repossess the investment. But they can go straight for you if they want. Mm-hmm. And they can go for other assets in your limited company because they have a debenture, which is like a spider, mm-hmm. which touches all your assets. So, yeah. you know, you're signing some stuff away. So you just got to be careful that you understand the risks and you have some cash in case stuff goes wrong. Mm. That's the biggest con, but that's the con with mortgages, with invest, you know, but yeah, I have to say that because yeah. I don't want people to say, oh, bridging's great. Oh, but Ted, you didn't tell me they took my house. So they will. Exactly. Um, yeah. Pros, it's quick. Uh, it's cheap compared to some investors. Uh, it generally, there's not many forms. Some will lend on open market value, not purchase price. So you can get hundred percent funding sometimes. Some will do refurb funding, but you have to have the cash already. So it's a bit annoying. Uh, Mm. The main thing is speed and service. And it allows you to act like a cash buyer, but you can take your 100K cash pot. And instead of buying 100K house, you buy 400K houses. That is freaking powerful, right? Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, it is. And um, something that I, um, so I'm in contact with a couple of them and um, something, well, you know what, you know, it's sort of like you said, they give it a, a lot of this. And he was like, listen, we won't even look at your credit. I mean, I don't know why he mentioned it, but he was like, we don't even look at your credit, mate. Like, and all, all, all these things as well, which can appeal to some people because obviously some people might have the funds, but their credit due to their past is not the greatest, but they do want to start getting involved in all of these refer projects and things like that. And having a bridge and loan company could actually be your solution. So that's something that I found as well yeah. as a bit of a bonus for them, yeah. you know. Yeah. Is there been an example where you've used a bridging loan for the, you know, we call it the brief triple R strategy. Is there any, is there any example you could give for us for, for a particular um, project you took on? Yeah, so I'll use my favourite project. Now this was a B triple R done in three months and three days. So I got the keys. Three yeah. months, three days later, the remortgage funds were in my account. The bridge was paid off and we secured a tenant. I didn't realize it was this quick till my broker was like, Ted, you just did this. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I'll go. And it was with a new build team. And we had lots of delays on the refurb because of damp. So mm. I wish they could all be like this. So we bought it at 72 <laughs> and spent, and that was bridged. That was bridged with an investor funding the deposit. So okay. one investor on the deposit and that same investor paid for the refurb as well. Um, we bridged it. And we spent eighteen thousand eight hundred pounds on it. Uh, this that it was going to be a flip, so it's kind of higher end, like well, a bit higher end. 
but I had to keep it because I'm flipping another property in my portfolio that went wrong in the refurb and I have to get rid of it. We've fixed it now, but I have to get rid of it. So it got revalued at 125,000 pounds, which incredible wow. because it rents out That's at amazing. Yeah, 600 net cash yeah. flow, 350 mm. and it leaves in, I think it leaves in 3000 pounds, 3,002 pounds exactly after three months of interest which i retained which means they kept the interest mm. and just gave me a slightly smaller loan so my cash flow was was chilling mm. and you know basically three months three days you ain't paying much interest that's about 2.4 percent i paid wow. i mean it's when you think about it it's like i paid 2.4 percent plus the investor's interest mm. and three months three days i had a cash flowing asset like uh, I don't know. It still yeah. it still amazes me. I'm like, how? Yeah. The, why is it every deal like this? What what went so well? You know, it's it blows my yeah. mind honestly because it's like, if I, if you could do it in three months, yeah. how many could you do in a year? How mm. many could you? It opens up huge possibilities that yeah. like, I don't know. Just thinking about it now it gets me excited, yeah. man. It's just really, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Honestly. go go go. Case our beach pala, you know, specialist. Mm. So you got any questions? I want I want questions. I want go case to to maybe throw in a couple questions as well. No, I mean, like I said, you asked, but what I do want to do though, is obviously, I know we ain't got time for you to go across every single property you bought, but mm -hmm. obviously you got your first one, we know you got your first one. Mm -hmm. Now, how did this kind of wake you up or you think, okay, let me just get, get multiple ones after this. And what, how do you again finance that again? Um, mm -hmm. talk, us, talk us through that process. Sure. So, you know what? I think if someone said this to me, they said, Ted, you know, when you got your first and second house, you were like, oh, if I can just have four, at the end of the year, I'll be really happy. And now look at you. And I was like, yeah, I did set really small goals. So to be honest, it, it didn't awaken me. It made me kind of think, oh yeah, you know, sort of three or four is, is a good number, mm. which was, I, I don't think I've, I've ever woken up to how many I could buy. I think only sort of when I have conversations like this and I'm like, damn, I'm like, yeah. okay we I could, you know it, i could actually get a few more yeah right you, you don't think about it because you're just like you're so busy yeah. doing it and doing it and you're like yeah, yeah. i know the feeling, I know the feeling yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. a good feeling though sometimes so i love yeah. doing podcasts like this to reflect on yeah. it but so the second property was interesting now um i bridged it but because we bought the first house unencumbered it didn't have a charge on it so it was worth you know the bridging loan you know they would have lo um, valued it at 50 yeah. Even though it was worth 80, they just said, look, purchase price. So they would have given me on, I guess, what they call a capital raise. They would have put a charge on that property and given me 75%, kind of like a refinance. Okay, yeah. I then took that, used that as deposit money. And then I said to them, I'm buying another house. Can you give me 75% of that house? Yeah, of course they can, standard. But then who paid for the deposit? They did. Mm -hmm. So technically it was like 120% loan to value because they already had a security on my other house. Mm -hmm. And it sounds great, but really they were in a better position because they were loaning me 60% or something of the total security they had. Yeah. Um, so I basically bought the second house for free. I had to pay 200 quid for some legal rubbish, mm -hmm. but that was it. And the refurb was free. Um, and then, yeah, it was paying the, um, the bridge interest, which was 0.7% a month or something. So that was pretty cool um, <laughs> like <laughs> to do that. And then wow. actually, I think I had enough money left over from that initial raise, mm -hmm. like to then, I think my third one, I don't actually know which house was my third. I've been asked this and I keep forgetting, but I think 
That's a good thing. Yeah, I had so enough many, money to have, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Good problem to have, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm not good at time frames. I, I, <laughs> I know all of them, where they are, but I just don't know when. Like my, my mind doesn't work with time frames. But mm. I had enough left over, I think, probably to cover a refurb. And then my third deal, I believe, was two investors. Well, I, I guess I count them as one investor, two people. Saw me on Instagram, said, Ted, you've been following you for X many months. Love what you're doing. I want to jump in my earn and learn program. And they were like, look, you know, what's going on? Never met me. I had one eight minute phone call, a few DMs back and forth. You know what people are age like, yeah? Phone calls are just like that. Nah, it's just like DMs, right? Yeah. And then yeah. basically loan agreement signed, first charge given. Two weeks later, 57 grand in my account, ready to go, property purchased a few weeks later. Was that a JV or what was that? Was that just loan agreement? Just loan, loan agreement. agreement. And this was, I hadn't met them. I only met them, well, like three or four months after they did this, but it was literally eight minute conversation, a few DMs because my brand had done the touch point. So they were already like, yeah, we know Ted. It was just a formality. formality yeah. And that's the power of brand. Um, yeah. And that property, I'm waiting to remortgage, but waiting for Corona. Mm. And then after that, you know what? It kind of, it's all a blur. I actually need to sit down and think about this because Dude, <laughs> it, it, it like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to de-blur it for you. It was basically me buying properties, me putting on social media because before I had a podcast and it was me interviewing people and I had no properties. I was like, I'm learning, I'm trying. Hi everyone. Oh. Now I'm like, there's some houses. I'm an adult tick. Yeah. I can do this, invest it. And then it just kind of was like people investing in me, me finding investors, mm. buying more houses, which then is more proof to get more investors. And more investors is more proof because yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah they've invested, you know, yeah. and it, it yeah. snowballed. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. You, it's funny you say that. I mean, Kenny will probably touch on it as well. But I remember from our last event we had, which was in March, um, it was another one, one of the eye openers for us as well. Because after the event, we did it and we had so many people approach us about doing joint ventures and, and, and stuff like that. And we, we knew the power of brand because we'd obviously, you know, meant to do this. But to actually see it and people, you know, saying, here, here's the money, let's go. Was, mm. was a game changer for us as well. So, you know, definitely the brand is, is, a, is a big thing and people would invest in you when they want you to see you doing physical projects. So that's a good point mm. to, to say. I mean, this is off topic, but like, do people sort of like recognize you in the street and say, oh, hey, you're that, <laughs> hey, you're that guy. That's Ted, that's Ted right there. <laughs> you know what? Um, I've been not recognized. So I, I have like a bright pink, I like bright colors too. So I have a bright pink jump and I was at a property event chatting to someone, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then like, I've had a few people walk past me and I know them, but I'm not saying anything because I was in conversation, but I just see them looking at me, <laughs> looking away, looking at me and walking on. I'm like, you know me, it's me. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> me. And I'm like, the fa just because I wasn't wearing yellow. So I've definitely been not recognized because of it. But to be honest, I have actually been, I've been in Nando's mm. and someone's recognized me base yellow Ted Nando's it just works they're like yeah that's him oh, I've wow. been I think I've you know what I've been in places meeting people sometimes and this is the craziest thing like, I'll get a DM and they'll be like were you just in the Costa in whatever <laughs> and, I, and I'm like yeah and they were like oh dude I was sitting a few tables where I didn't want to say hi I was like well, you should have said hi so yeah, you like have. and this is like like I've never spoken to them before I've never like and they were just like yo and you know I've had people I used to when I used to contract, I had someone be like on Slack, be like Ted, you're wait, you're Ted Talks. I was like, yeah, and he's like, dude, I did the podcast, and so you yeah. find like fans and listeners in the weirdest places. But I don't know. I think a lot of people speak to me on social media before anything. So 
if if I'm going to recognize someone, they're going to recognize me. I'll always remember their tag or their name or a conversation we had. So it's not, I'm not like Gary V, you know, I haven't got little American kids following me saying, Oh my God, Gary, what should I do in my life? You know, <laughs> I haven't got that yet, but you know, I think it, at least elite property networking, I'm, I'm definitely recognized, but I love that not for the ego or for like the fame, but I love it because we skip the whole like, English um, oh, how's the weather? How's your? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah, about that. Yeah, Tell, ask that's me true. about things that matter, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. being recognised gives me that, and it's warmth, and I love that. I love the comfort and the warmth. I don't yeah. care about oh, you know, you're famous. And you, and you can be your, you've been yourself as well, which is great because then whoever gravitates towards you, you know, they know you already, so they know not to do the the bullshit. They go straight to who you are and keep it keep yeah. it straight. That's good. Mm-hmm. I like that. Hundred percent. Okay. So great, like we've spoken about a bit of your property journey and how you started that, but we want to talk a bit more about the whole podcast journey because one of the reasons why we started even doing anything is, well, we wanted to first of all do the podcast because we wanted to document our journey so that other people can maybe learn from us, learn from our mistakes, sort of follow our journey. If they want to contact us with any questions, you know, we might answer it through the podcast as well. So sort of what was your journey? Because uh, did you start, podcasting before you started property or was it something you started while in property what's your journey with that so i started it oh probably like i don't even know it's been 19 months probably a good like six to eight months i think before i sort of got into property so there was definitely a large period of time the beginning maybe arguably the hardest part where i was like had no properties uh you know i didn't talk about my story I would, it would, ne- I would never, I think I did one introduction, but I would never kind of be like, this is what I did this week or that. I was like, you know what, for now, anyway, let me just get, let me just connect. Let me give people like us the platform to reach people like us, you know, exactly what you said you're doing. Oh. I said, let, let me just do this. And then, because I thought, well, no one's going to be into my story. It's too early days, which I was wrong. So I've written a podcast guide. And when I like, tell people about it, I say, look, I don't care what you're doing, what your job is, where you are. People want to know your story from day one. So don't like not show it like I did. So yeah, I started it way before and that built a network because every week or well, multiple times I'd be doing this with an expert, someone who's 10 steps ahead of me, making a relationship, making friends, you know, having people like I can now call and be like, yo, listen, I don't, I don't do commercial conversions, but I'm looking at one. Tell me the deal, you know, uh, or architects or brokers or, you know, whatever it is. That's so amazing. Yeah, it, it was an educational piece for me and everyone around it. And I think after like six months, maybe I started talking about myself. I can't believe it took that long, but yeah. it did. So yeah, I started it quite early. Yeah. I think like some... Sorry, Kenny. How did you grow that as well? Was it just organic? Did you... How did that, what was that process like? So yeah, you know what? A lot of people are starting podcasts now with the lockdown. A lot of people are starting it because it's a great medium to, to do. And that's great. Yeah. But it's like a puppy, you know, puppies are not just for Christmas, they're for life. Yeah. And so podcasts, like it's a commitment because it's very easy to get excited and start it. But like when you see the numbers at the beginning, like you're just like, why am I doing this? It's like, it's so difficult because with Instagram, yeah, (laughs) one's me, one's me on incognito mode. One's my girlfriend, one's my mom. You know what I mean? The first five five listeners, man. Shout out to them, man. Yeah, shout out. They're they're the real, they're the day ones, yeah. They don't listen anymore. Yeah, they don't listen anymore, but they were there when we needed them. It's it's more difficult because on Instagram and let's say TikTok, crazy platform, you can grow reach so quickly. But with podcasts, it's like, it's, it's very weird because they're a medium of communication here. They're not a social media. 
So you have to, alongside mm. it, have social media, have a brand or paid ads mm. to push to it. Like mm. people won't, I mean, yeah, people will type in property podcast and find you, but yeah. it's difficult, you know, and I say to people, look, if you're going to start a brand, podcasting is not your first choice. Like mm. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn are your first choice because without them, your podcast is going to be very difficult. Mm. So I mean, I think I've spent £20 on paid ads just to be like, oh, let's see what the results are. But all organic, all through my brand, all through like wearing this all the time, pure just, yeah, work and time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have put a hoodie on today, lads. Yeah, yeah we really should have. Should we have a hoodie as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like lesson learned, but yeah. But yeah, okay, I mean... And, um, we, go on, I can. No, I mean, you can... You, do, do you want to chime in? Yeah, because I just wanted to sort of chime in because... Like it is such a big platform now because I saw one of your Instagram posts, three hundred K listeners in a hundred, you know, in in a, I mean, in, a in a hundred countries, three hundred K listens. Yeah. It's not a I think small we're, number. We're only on yeah. are we on thirty K, isn't it? Thirty K plus. We just yeah. touched thirty K plus. I'm so pretty happy with that. Hey, that's well, that as well. <laughs> Bro, listen, that is yeah. sick. Listen, I, I like. Mm. At the end of the day, the listens are great, but mm-hmm. you and you, we both know, yeah, it's what comes from it is to help people. Exactly. Is the exactly. how many yeah. of those listeners are like fans? You know, so so I could have 200k listens, you could have 30k, but you could have, I don't know, 30k fans, and I could only have 20k fans. So you know what I mean? So, mate, celebrate honestly, celebrate every victory because no matter how small or big it is, like I don't celebrate enough. So it's important that every step celebrate. Honestly, it's the start of something. It's the, it's the beginning of Thank something. You. Yeah. Are Definitely. you are you trying to transition as well the podcast to more visual content, or is the idea to just become the biggest podcast brand in, in property? I think uh, I'm doing more YouTube just because I've got more time and I've got a lot of content, and I do like the visual stuff, but it's hard. You got to have well, I, I think you got to have kind of clickbaity titles. You got to have clickbait thumbnails. Yeah. You got to. It's just, and it's not me. I like to just deliver the the boring value and the kind of realism, which these mm. kids on YouTube who are, you know, spending thousands on education and want to be financially free in six days, their minds can't comprehend. Shots fired, I'm not going to lie. Their minds can't comprehend, <laughs> like, the reality and the, there is yeah, no yeah. silver bullet. So yeah, yeah. I struggle, but yeah. I, love, I love editing videos and making them. So yeah. I am doing visual stuff, but, you know, you can't beat, having things audio whilst you can run whilst you can do housework so yeah, yeah it has yeah. big big benefits yeah I, I have you noticed your listens have gone up or down during the COVID-19 I know people are not obviously com- commuting to work and stuff um as it as it, you've noticed it's gone up are more people listening because they've got time at home or is it is it gone down a little bit it's gone down now I thought it'd go up like yeah. because people got more time at home Probably, but yeah. I think yeah. the lack of commutes, the lack of maybe like gym time, maybe, you know, I mean, people are still running, but I think the commutes and the lack of driving and mobility and, and driving to your investment areas, a lot of people yeah. listen to it then, it's, it's dropped like fair, I mean, I don't know how, by how much percent, 30% drop maybe. So yeah. I've just basically stopped releasing the usual stuff because I'm like, it's not fair on my guests that they get the sort of half listeners or whatever when they could yeah. get the full one so yeah. yeah it's it's not been um it's not been that good to be honest yeah similar similar we've seen a similar thing well exactly i mean i'm yeah i feel that yeah <laughs> so kenny next question uh yeah so we just wanted to know um just like so some things that i picked up from you some advice um from what you've said 
is that one, start from where you are, start with what you've got, because you didn't have to, you weren't in property before you started to podcast. If you're, if you wanted to do something, why not just start from what you've got now, you know? Um, and another piece of advice that I got from you is that you regularly, even now that you're financially free, you still attend networking events. I think you mentioned that you used to go once a week or something like that mm-hmm. and how key that is. So those are two things that I've picked up on. Is there any advice that you have for um, other people that are possibly trying to get into property, um, trying to get into maybe refurb projects, maybe buy to lets, whatever it is. Is there any advice that you have for them? Um, for people that well, want think to just to add to Kenny's question as well, or people struggling to raise finance. I know yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Fine. So, I'll sort of I'll combine all the answers because I think all my answers will will allow people to do finance refurbs everything. I think the point you said about networking is really important. Like people before profits is what I say, and people are going to make and they're going to break your business. A bad builder is going to break your business. A great solicitor is going to make your business. So, really understand that people come first. If you need to spend months networking, listening to podcasts, being on Zoom calls like this, just engaging with people, do it. I, I, don't, I don't care if it's long or if it's, oh, when's it going to pay off? I promise you all my successes, all my money made, all my money lost, all my discounts all my, is because of people. Now, yes, I am the CEO. I am the controller. I'm the project manager of my life and my business, but I can't do legal conveyancing as much as I like to. I can't do the refurb as much as I don't want to. I can't lay the floors. I can't um, get the insurance product. I can't choose a mortgage product out of thousands. So these people are going to make you successful or they're going to make you fail. No matter how good you are, if your foundations, if your team are crap, you're going to fall. So, you know, when you go networking, work on these connections, put them in your database, meet up with people you like, just because someone says, here's my business card. Oh yeah, we'll link up, link up. Yeah, email me for a coffee. If, they, if you didn't like them and you didn't get along with it, just cut the card in half and leave it. Like, just, <laughs> you know, don't, don't feel like you have to meet certain. Some people, you meet them or like, you chat to them and you're just like, you're so robotic. Yeah, I do yeah. this, I do this. Here's yeah. my card. You meet them and it's just like, yeah. motive, motive. What do they want? Yeah. And so just don't be afraid to just be like, yeah, nah, sorry, I'm not good. Like I say no all the time and it's powerful. And it's not, I'm not rude. Yeah. I'm just like, the energies here don't work or you know whatever so put people first uh and that will help you raise money because those people will give you money i mean i've had a hundred and a hundred grand of two people who are property investors like us Mm. who i mean they're fairly wealthy i wouldn't say crazy wealthy but they're the last people i'd expect to give me money because they're doing exactly what i'm doing i'm like exactly yeah and and they, they gave me money. And one of them was in coronavirus times when I needed it. So, you know, you never know who's going to have money. But also, you work with good solicitors and good people and good brokers. Your investors are going to like you more. You're going to do more deals. Agents are going to like, you know, it just, people will make everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another bit of advice is take a deep breath and step back. Mm-hmm. It's easy to listen to this podcast, get excited, listen to your podcast, listen to mine, look at your Instagram, look at my Instagram, go on YouTube. Uh, look at these trainers and just be like, oh my God, yeah, I'm pumped, I'm pumped, credit card. No, mm-hmm. suck that out of your hand. Put that down, okay? And pick up your credit card again and now go to Amazon and look for some books in property. These are five quid, 10 quid, a couple of quid if they're audio books or like, listen to them, read them, understand the pure basics, take everything in, confuse yourself, just fill yourself with knowledge, like be at a place where you're like, oh my God, I know so much. Mm. And then filter that down by following people like us who post real things Mm. and the reality and the challenges Mm. and then say, okay, 
do I need to pay for education, which is a whole minefield and tricky decision in itself, or could I do it how, say, Ted did it, which was the slow networking, meeting, buying people Nando's, picking their brain, you know, which one works for me? Um, you know, don't rush into things. So take a step back and, and don't rush. So for me, people before profits, you know, take a deep breath. Like you're not going to miss out on something if you don't do it now or tomorrow or in a week, take your time. You know, Gary V says it really well. He says micro impatience, macro patience. So bigger picture is cool. You got time. We're good. Smaller picture, get shit done. So work between the two. I think there's endless advice I can give, but those are probably the best, you know, for people who are starting out or people who are struggling to raise finance. Hmm. I love that, man. And also something, something that you said as well that sort of stuck out because it's what we had to do as well. You know, we wanted to have people that we could talk to um, who were a few steps ahead or well ahead. It didn't matter to us. We just wanted to pick their mind. You know, mm-hmm. we'll travel, like we went up to Liverpool to meet um, our, what we call her Auntie Tyra. She actually published um, the first rent to rent book. Um, and um, we went up there, you know, we picked her mind. She was so helpful. You know, she loved the fact that we were so young and that we wanted to sort of get involved with it. And now we sort of have her as a mentor. And I noticed, um, did you have anyone as a mentor sort of in your journey? No. You know, I, I get asked this every now and then on podcasts and what I would say is I've been influenced and I've learned a lot from say my podcast guests, people in my network, people who have become friends, people who now, you know, some of them I see like family. Mm. Um, and I've kind of learned from them. You know, I never had someone who I could be like, Oh, Hey, what do you think of this deal? Or what do you think of this area? Or there was never anyone, which I'm kind of used to, you know, recruitment was quite a lonely business for me. And I didn't, I didn't not enjoy it, you know, like, you know, as long as I'm networking and I've got friends, I've got people around me, it's great. But no, it's been pretty much me, no one to really bounce ideas off. I mean, I did, you know, like, like we could have in a chat like this, but no serious mentor. Now, you're probably thinking, did I think that was a good thing or bad thing? I'm undecided, you know, I think because I'm doing the most basic strategy and the least riskiest and the most straightforward, you know, and I'm managing to raise finance and I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm happy. Should I say or content with the growth, with the stress levels and timeline? I haven't, you know, if I look back, I'm not like, wish I had a mentor then none of my deals have gone so far South that I haven't made money or that it won't make me money, you know? So I'm kind of like, when I think about it, I'm like, did I need a mentor? Mm. I don't know. And that could be Mm. my limiting belief. Mm. Yeah. I think that's an interesting, um, I guess, viewpoint because I feel like you're probably not counting the amount of experience you got from doing your recruitment. I know it's not related, but you probably had so much experience with some of your past things. Sometimes they fall into your new thing and you don't even realise how well you're doing and how many mm. things are playing a part in terms of like the brand. And, you know, you're just thinking of things ahead of the time because you've gone through things. Yeah, um, that's a good point, yeah. But yeah, I think, um, I think we're kind of coming to an end. But again, just maybe some... Um, I do want to touch a little bit on your service accommodation, just a little bit on, you know, you know, maybe some advice on, on, you know, maybe people that have got this, they want to go into service accommodation after this as well. Um, and also, um, yeah, again, maybe some final thoughts as well, but yeah, just on some advice on service accommodation. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I, I can't give the most uh, well-informed advice because like I'm not an SA operator and I don't do rent to SA, which is probably the most common way people do it. But I would say, make sure you research your room rates carefully and how they fluctuate. Use something like AirDNA, 
look at your competition, be better, whether it's service, design, bottle of wine, whatever it is, be better. Uh, I think after coronavirus, whenever, after whatever that even means, there will be a boom in people traveling because we're all pent up. We want to leave the house. We want to get away, you know, so tourist type essays could do really well. Um, I mean, mine is with a management company. It's probably more passive than my uh, Vitalettes, which is mad to think of, but they do, you know, big up KNG Inspire. They do a great job. Um, They just send me uh, some money every month and the house gets let. So for me, I know on rent to essay, you may not want to outsource the management because of the margins, but my God, I would never manage it myself. Even if it was on the same road as me. Hey, me and me, I mean, me and Goke had uh, three service accommodations for managing last year. And, you know, I mean, sometimes we just, you just go like this. We literally just have nightmares when we talk about that. Um, about two of them, anyway. Two of them. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. Well, that summarizes what I have to say about it, and there we go. What, 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 just to finish off as well, what are your future plans? What, what, what have you got in, in your works in the next couple of months? Corona, post corona, in the next couple of years as well? Sure. So, uh, my plans sort of before corona were to buy two, three properties a month. Um, and I was kind of getting there, but then this happened. So my aim is once I have the confidence in the market and I'm comfortable with it and I can trust that my investor's money is safe to just buy three, three, three a month until, till I get bored, probably about six months. And then, um, it sounds really casual and I sound really like flippant, but like, it's just how I am. Like, you know, there's a lot of thought and stress and exits and, you know, there's a lot of planning here that doesn't reach the front of the throw. You know what I mean? It's just like, here is the fun, but there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so I'll carry that on. And then once I've reached that kind of point, I will probably look very folk, very focusedly, very, very specifically on blocks of flats because it's like HMO, mm-hmm. but the humans aren't touching. Oh, he took my cheese. He took my milk. I don't <laughs> care. So we'll do a block of flats, same mm-hmm. cash flow, same interesting stuff with the freehold. Yeah. Also, I get to design four properties in one, which is just, I love design. So I'll switch to that. I'll do a few new builds. Uh, and then, and then I'm, I'm, I'm sort of going to start loaning my money out to young and ambitious people like you and be like, yeah, I love that. We love that. <laughs> I'm we done. That. Um, you know I'm going to you know? open up a restaurant and open up a, <laughs> other businesses and stuff. So yeah, it's, you know what you've said, Ted, you've said some really, um, like crazy things and you've and you've said it so casually like but those are like clickbait titles i should like we can go with i bought 15 properties in nine months we could go with oh we'll, we'll, we'll go we didn't that one don't worry it's you coming don't worry about that hilarious stuff but um, no, this is yeah amazing stuff um i was just gonna say lastly like you know where can people find you where can people you know know what you do find out a bit more about you, your podcast your socials Sure. So if you type in Tej.talks on any platform, and I mean pretty much any and every platform, or the Tej Talks podcast in your podcast player, Spotify, iTunes, I will appear and I will be wearing yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Okay, great. I mean, thank you so much again for coming today and and speaking to us and being being open and honest with us. We really appreciate it. I'm sure this is just the start of hopefully a good friendship between all of us. So, you know, we'll be in touch. We'll be... We'll be bothering you. Don't worry. We will, <laughs> we will be bothering you. I'm going to have to mute you on Instagram. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll just be there. Just, hey, guys. Hey. Just in, in your Insta lives and all that. Um, it's just us but again. Yeah, it's us again. 
But uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. And uh, yeah, that's it. I think that's the end of the episode. Thank you. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.